Hello and welcome to Self Love Unicorn Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Cupcakes. I'm an esthetician, blogger, yoga and Pilates teacher, a self-love coach, and the self-professed self-love unicorn. I believe in both inner and outer beauty, and I believe in learning how to be more comfortable in your own skin and loving the skin you're in. This podcast is going to be about everything it takes to be comfortable in your own skin, from the world we live in, to what we put in and on our bodies, to how we care for ourselves mentally and emotionally. It is about finding self-love through both inner and outer beauty. This podcast is part of my mission to help both women and men fall in love with the skin they're in through my passion for beauty, lifestyle, and wellness. I want to provide you with the tools you need to look and feel your best inside and out. My goal is that through skincare, healthy nutrition and exercise, and of course, a little inner work, I can help you find a balance, increase your confidence, find self-love, and become the most beautiful version of yourself. So don't forget to subscribe, and let's dive right into today's episode. What's up, y'all? Welcome to today's Self-Love Unicorn Podcast. How are you guys doing? So today we're going to talk about some tips and tools to help you end emotional eating. And while I want this blog to be full of tips and tricks for you guys, but I also want it to be like a little bit of like a blog for me. Um, I'm not perfect. Nobody is perfect. These tips and tricks and, you know, different topics that I'm talking about are things that I myself completely struggle with. I want to be 100% transparent with you guys. And let you know that just because I talk about these things doesn't mean that I have them 100% figured out. What it does mean is that I've gone through certain things and I'm here to lend a hand to you guys. So that's what we're going to talk about today as far as emotional eating and how we can stop emotional eating, uh, which is a huge thing for me. Holding to the fact of being 100% transparent. The last year and a half has been a really rough one for me. There has been a lot of stress. There's been a lot of depression. There's been a lot of anger. There's been a lot of frustration. There's a lot of things that have gone on in the past year and a half that have really kind of thrown me for a loop and kind of changed who I am. And I'm just now in this place of trying to put myself back together and find my inner magic and kind of get back on track. Um, but a lot of that has been kind of the root cause of my emotional eating. Having given up drinking and I don't do any kind of drugs or anything like that, uh, when I feel stress or anger, the first thing I turn towards is food, particularly sweets. Um, basically eating my emotions. So it's something that I've struggled with in the past, but I had had a handle on up until the past year and a half when everything kind of started to fall apart. And now as I'm trying to put the pieces of my life back together and move forward and kind of create some new things, um, trying to focus on not letting food be the, you know, band-aid. I'm really starting to focus on the root cause of some of the issues that have been going on in the past year and a half. I've always had some sort of issue with food. 
I've mentioned before on this podcast and in videos that I suffered from an eating disorder when I was in my teens and 20s and even my 30s. Um, And food is still something that I constantly have to like work on. Um, Like I said, the past year and a half, I've been really using food as like an emotional band-aid to deal with any stress or frustration or anger or upset or anything that I've been dealing with I've just been turning to food and don't get me wrong I love my sweets and I'm definitely someone who believes in you know just eating a balanced meal or balanced diet don't even really like the word diet I'm kind of big on not doing diets really Um, not restricting yourself so a tool that's really helped me has been intuitive eating or what's also known as mindful eating. So I definitely want to talk a little bit about that today. Um, tell you a little bit about what it is. It's something that I am currently working on. And basically intuitive eating is kind of really listening to your body. So when you feel that need to have something to eat, it's kind of really thinking about why is that are you eating because you're bored are you eating out of frustration are you really stressed out and you're turning to something sweet or salty to kind of you know offset that you know a lot of people will turn to drinking or smoking at the end of the day to kind of relax um for emotional eaters it's turning to food maybe coming home and having a big meal and then having ice cream afterwards or chocolate cake or something like that it's kind of that come down from a really stressful day for us so intuitive eating and mindful eating i'm just going to use the phrase intuitive eating um again it's just being very mindful about why you want that food so Really listening to your body and kind of determining, one, what is the per- what is the reason you want this food? Are you eating because you're bored? Because then maybe you get up and you take a walk instead. Um, or you do something to occupy your mind instead of mindlessly like munching on a bag of chips. It's also really listening to what your body needs as far as the type of food. Maybe it's something simple as your body is dehydrated and really just wants water or some kind of fruit or vegetable that has a very high water content like grapes or watermelon or something like that as opposed to eating something that's processed. I'm really trying to clean up my living for lack of a better phrase by going more towards like clean and natural beauty products, um, more clean and natural products for my house, and also just more clean eating, like trying to avoid things like processed sugar, processed foods. And I'm not talking in like a diet mentality kind of way, but more of like, I'm really starting to kind of wake up to the chemicals that are in our food, in our skincare, in our beauty products, and our cleaning products, and like, how that's affecting our health and our environment and how we live. Um, So as I wake up more to that, I want to share that a little bit more. So right now I'm really focusing on clean eating. So it's thinking about if I want something, okay, maybe I'm craving a candy bar that's full of sugar, has no health benefits to it whatsoever. It might feel good to eat it. It might taste great. But then after that, how am I going to feel? And then really thinking like, could my body be satisfied with maybe a tablespoon of all natural, you know, ground peanut butter or almond butter 
Or could I have a handful of, you know, grapes or strawberries or blueberries? Will that satisfy that, like, sweetness that I'm craving? So it's really kind of thinking along the lines of what does my body really need at this moment? Why am I wanting food? And if it's an emotional reason, it's targeting that emotion instead of eating. So like I said, if it's out of boredom, maybe you go do something to kind of wake up. Maybe you work out, you go for a walk, you call a friend to talk. Um, if it's stress, can it be something like meditating or taking a short nap or, um, again, calling a friend, someone who can kind of talk you down out of stress? Um, so really thinking of other activities other than eating. So I want to share with you the principles of intuitive eating. Um, this is from a book that I really love called Intuitive Eating, a revolutionary program that works. It's by Evelyn Tribble. Um, who is a dietitian. She's also the author of Healthy Homestyle Cooking. And she wrote this with Elise Reich, who also I think is a um, dietitian. And it's basically just um, how to make peace with food, free yourself from chronic dieting forever, and rediscover the pleasures of eating. Um, so there's just a quick little overview of some of the principles. And these are really ways that you can kind of focus more on intuitive eating um, so that you can kind of release yourself from that yo-yo dieting or the yo-yo weight fluxations. Um, release yourself from being obsessed about food because we tend to want something and we eat it and we feel really bad and we kind of beat ourselves up about that. So it's kind of letting all that shit go. So the first principle is to reject the diet mentality. And this is something that I talk about all the time. And not even diet mentality, but diet culture. We're constantly being force-fed these images of, you know, diet in, in the sake of health. Or, you know, I've mentioned this before where a lot of diet companies like Weight Watchers are now focusing on being healthy or being well or your well-being or your wellness as opposed to using the word diet because it's become such a bad word. Um, and I think you really need to think about like when you're looking at this stuff, like what is the purpose behind it? Are they trying to sell you a diet plan? Are they trying to sell you an exercise video? Because maybe you don't really need that. But that whole idea of rejecting diet culture and diet mentality is kind of letting go of the false hope of losing weight quickly that this diet might be the one where you're going to lose all of the weight. What happens usually is that when we do these diets, we'll lose the weight and then it's not a very sustainable way of eating. So we kind of fall off the wagon and then we gain all of the weight back, if not more. So we're constantly failing, setting ourselves up to fail. And then we're looking for the next you know, new diet or whatever is going to work the next time. So if you can let go of this diet mentality, you can kind of get yourself out of that loop. Uh, the principle number two is to honor your hunger. Um, this one's very interesting. I feel like even if we're slightly hungry, we'll tend to overeat. Um, I just read a really great book called The Long Longitivity. I'm going to say it wrong. <laughs> Longi <laughs> Longitivity. I want to say longevity plan, but that's not it. Longe longevity plan. The longevity plan. That's it. So my husband was making fun of me the other day because I kept saying longevity. The Longevity Plan. So I read this book called The Longevity Plan. And they were really talking about, it was an American um, cardiologist who was 
overweight and discovered that there was a small village in China where a lot of the people that lived there were actually over the age of 100. So he went there um, to kind of find out some of their secrets about how they had no diseases, they had no health problems. These people were in their hundreds, they were still working in the rice fields. Um, they were still very flexible, uh, no, health, no health issues, no diseases, none of that stuff. And one of the things that really stuck out and that he had mentioned was that they ate small portions of food. They ate what was local, they ate what they picked that day. Um, sometimes they wouldn't even use something if it was over a day old. You know, they would pick it, have it for breakfast, they'd go out to the fields and work, they'd pick what they needed for lunch, they'd go back out to the fields, they'd pick what they needed for dinner. But also that they had very small portions, and I think that in America, our portions are so out of control. If you've ever been to a cheesecake factory, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, food on a plate the size of, like, a hubcap. It's ridiculous. So, principle two, honor your hunger, is really about, like, not overeating. Like, really listening to your body, being conscious of eating, um, listening to the signals that tell you you're hungry and sitting down and being very conscious and mindful about how you eat. Because sometimes we don't need a whole plate of something before our hunger is satiated. We could just have a few bites and that could be fine. So honoring your hunger is just because you're hungry doesn't mean you have to eat. Really listen to your body and figure out if you need to eat now or can you put it off. Maybe it's something simple like having a glass of water that can often um, satiate you. And a lot of times dehydration or um, that like quench for water that your body wants can be mistaken as being hungry. And then being very conscious and mindful as you're eating to let your body signal that it's full so that you're not overeating. Principle number three is make peace with food. Um, this is a very important one and one that I struggle with. Um, so if you tell yourself that you can't or shouldn't have a particular food, it leads to these intense feelings of deprivation that can build into uncontrollable cravings and often binging. Um, and I'm reading directly from the book. When you finally give in to your forbidden foods, eating will be experienced with such intensity it usually results in last supper, overeating, and overwhelming guilt. And I've definitely been guilty of this um, when I decide I'm going to start. Well, in the past, when I've decided I'm going to start a new diet, I will be like, okay, I'm not going to have sugar. I'm not going to have carbs. I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to have that. And I'm going to start on Monday. So then on Sunday, I eat every single thing. I'll eat like a cake and cupcakes and cookies and candy and chips and I'll order pizza for dinner or maybe have Chinese for lunch because I want to get it all in because I feel like I'm not going to have it ever again. I'm never ever ever going to have it. So if we make peace with food and we tell ourselves this, that there is no bad or good food, that we can have a quote unquote bad food, but maybe we have it in moderation. So again, that goes back to honoring your hunger. If you're craving and you want a piece of chocolate cake, you can have a bite or two and satiate that craving without going overboard. And then we, you know, when we have those quote unquote bad foods, we'll tend to beat ourselves up really bad afterwards. Like I probably shouldn't have ate that slice of chocolate cake. And you know, life is short, eat the damn cake. So I think making peace with food is really deciding that 
you can have everything you just have to have it in moderation so make peace with food and love the freedom that comes with that number four challenge the food police um this is <laughs> so the food police this is from the book the food police monitor the unreasonable rules that dieting has created the police station is housed deep in your psyche and its loudspeaker shouts negative barbs, hopeless phrases, and guilt-provoking indictments. Chasing the food police away is a critical step in returning to intuitive eating. So I have found myself guilty of this not only with myself but with other people. Um, when I was in my own eating, you know, disordered eating issues, I would constantly kind of criticize what other people were eating. So if I was in the grocery store and I had, you know, all of the ingredients for my kale smoothie and all of my, you know, raw vegan meals I was making, I would feel very superior if I saw someone that had like soda and chips and I would kind of just be like, mm, wow, like, I hope you enjoy your cancer causing, you know, processed foods. And I've learned that my own issues with food was kind of making me be part of the food police. Um, so again, that is not listening to those uh, opinions of people about which foods are good or bad. It's really kind of paying attention to your body. Um, being able to eat guilt-free and hopefully that can help your weight stabilize. And just to bring up a point, intuitive eating, this isn't about losing weight. This is about ending emotional eating and being comfortable in your body and being in tune to your body, being really aware of your body and what's happening. So as we begin to focus on intuitive eating, we become very in tune with our bodies, very aware of what's happening in our bodies. We start to know what our bodies need and what they don't need. All right, principle number five, and I mentioned this kind of earlier, and that's feel your fullness. Uh, quoting from the book here, it says, listen for body signals that tell you you're no longer hungry. Observe the signs that show that you're completely full. Pause in the middle of a meal or a snack and ask yourself, how does the food taste and what your current fullness level is? So this is very important um, as far as mindful eating too, is that we tend to eat when we're doing other things like even if we're at a restaurant we're probably having a conversation or playing on our smartphones we're not really paying attention to the food that we're eating we're not savoring every bite maybe at home we're sitting on the couch and we're watching tv i've definitely been guilty of that so really paying attention to your body as you eat listening for those signals from your body that you're full and then stopping there so that we're not overeating. That's a huge part of mindful eating. Principle number six, discover the satisfaction factor. Um, this is when you eat what you really want, an environment that is inviting, the pleasure you derive will be a powerful force and helping you feel satisfied and content. Uh, that is directly from the book. And that goes back to that mindful eating thing as well. If we are Craving something, let's say, let's go back to chocolate cake. And I don't know why I'm using chocolate cake as an example, because I hate chocolate cake. But it seems it's something that everybody likes. So let's say you're craving chocolate cake. If you sit down and you eat chocolate cake in front of the TV, did you really savor it? Did you really enjoy it? So maybe you, you know, momentarily honored that craving or that, you know, satisfied that craving. But did you really enjoy it? Um, are you really satisfied by having had that slice of cake? 
So being very mindful of your environment when you're eating, making sure that you're sitting down, you're in a place where you can really pay attention to what you're eating um, and just delighting in the food that is in front of you, allowing yourself to get pleasure from food. Um, and again, paying attention to your body and knowing that you can have something, you can have a small amount of it, you can savor it, you can enjoy it, you can pay attention to your body and know when you're full, and then you can move on without having over eight. Principle seven, cope with your emotions without using food. That's really like a huge part of what we're talking about today. Um, and the book says, find ways to comfort, nurture, distract, and resolve your emotional issues without using food. Anxiety, loneliness, boredom, and anger are emotions we all experience throughout life. Each has its own trigger and each has its own appeasement. Food won't fix any of these feelings. It may comfort for the short term, distract from the pain, or even numb you into a food hangover, but it won't solve the problem. If anything, eating for emotional hunger will only make you feel worse in the long run. You'll ultimately have to deal with the source of the emotion as well as the discomfort of overeating. And that's a huge one for me. I'm starting to really realize that I need to focus on the emotion and the root cause of that emotion instead of just numbing myself with food. And I think everybody has their kind of drug of choice. And I think for me, that sugar, sugar is definitely a drug. It's very addictive. It's even more addictive than most actual drugs such as cocaine. So it's like really paying attention to what those feelings are and finding different ways to deal with that that doesn't involve emotional eating or using food as your band-aid. Principle eight, respect your body. For me, in focusing on the body positivity movement and the body positive community really is all about accepting your body. And that's a huge part of our self-love journey, um, which is why we're talking about ending emotional eating because when we focus on eating emotionally, we're not really honoring our body. And if we're not honoring our body, it's very hard for us to love our body and therefore to love ourselves. So a huge part of our self-love journey is really connecting to our bodies, nourishing our bodies, and being able to fully accept our body where it is at that moment. So that's a huge part too of going back to you know, number one, which is ditching diet culture and that diet mentality because when we focus on a diet or focus on losing weight, we're really kind of telling ourselves, I don't love my body as it is right now. And it's very hard for us to be successful in our self-love journey if we can't accept the body that we're in. Um, we're more than skin and bones, obviously, but that's also a huge part of who we are. So for me, uh, honoring your body and being present in your body, respecting your body is a huge part of your self-love journey. Um, we're all very different sizes and shapes and we have to honor and respect that. And we need to stop being unrealistic and overly critical of our body. Um, so let's move on to principle nine. Principle nine is exercise, feel the difference. And um, I'm going to quote from the book here because I love this passage. Forget militant exercise, just get active and feel the difference. Shift your focus to how it feels to move your body rather than the calorie burning effect of exercise. 
If you focus on how you feel from working out, such as energized, it can make the difference between rolling out of bed for a brisk morning walk or hitting the snooze alarm. If when you wake up, your only goal is to lose weight, it's usually not a motivating factor in that moment of time. Now, in my career as a yoga and Pilates teacher, I've worked with different bodies and people with different goals, and this has been something that I've always preached. Um, I've put it in my blog post, I put it on my social media, I've put it in videos, I've put it in previous podcast episodes. I'm huge on movement. Movement matters. We need to move our bodies, but we need to make sure that it's not for the sake of losing weight. We're not moving our bodies so that we can see a certain number on a scale. We're not moving our bodies so we can fit into a size two at Lululemon. We're moving our bodies to find strength, ease, and comfortableness in our bodies. We're moving to connect to our bodies. Um, these things that carry us around all day long are pretty damn amazing. The type of things that your body can do, it can, you know, cycle out toxins. It can mend wounds. I mean, there's so much that our body does. It gives birth for Christ's sakes. Like so much that our bodies can do. We really need to start treating our bodies with more love and compassion. And I'm not a fan of workouts that are absolutely brutal and leave you, you know, passing out and throwing up and all of that. It's just, why would we torture our bodies like that? Um, we should move to celebrate our bodies for all that it's able to do, not as a form of punishment for what we ate. That's a huge um, point and quote I like to use for my clients. So for me, movement should be things that focus on joy. I love that they talk about feel the difference. So when you move, focus on things other than weight loss. You can focus on getting stronger. You can focus on the joy that movement brings you. Um, if you're a parent, when I talked about different ways you can move in the last podcast, I talked about like if you're a parent, you can go to the playground and you can play with the kids. You can climb on the monkey bars with them. You can swing with them. You can run around with them. That is a very fun way to move your body. Think about movement as play. If you're someone who likes to dance, throw on some music and dance around your living room, which I actually did this morning. That was my morning workout today. I cleaned the house and I threw on some music and I danced around until I was sweaty. My heart rate was high and I had a blast doing it and the dog thought I was crazy, but that's okay. <laughs> but that is a really fun way to move your body. I burned a lot of calories. Um, not that that's important, but... Any type of movement is really good. It gets your heart rate up. It helps to increase strength. It helps to improve your flexibility. So focus on things other than that. Focus on what you feel in your body as opposed to it being like a step towards weight loss. And then the last principle is honor your health with gentle nutrition. I'm going to read from the book again. And it says, make food choices that honor your health and taste buds while making you feel good. Remember that you don't have to eat a perfect diet to be healthy. You will not suddenly get a nutrient deficiency or gain weight from one snack, one meal, or one day of eating. It's what you eat consistently over time that matters. Progress, not perfection, is what counts. Now, that's huge for me right now as I focus on being more into intuitive eating and mindful eating, is that I'm focusing more on things that really nourish my body. Um, 
as well as my soul. So sometimes that could be a salad and sometimes that could be a cupcake. Um, but it, the point is that I'm not eating junk all day long. I'm not eating a cupcake for breakfast and two cupcakes for lunch and then three cupcakes for dinner. A cupcake is a treat that maybe I allow myself like once a week. It's something that I can look forward to. So I'm really focusing on foods that nourish my body. Um, this goes back to me starting to move into a clean living journey is that I'm trying to eat more organic, locally sourced fruits and vegetables. So I'm really allowing myself to use food as a way to nourish myself, not my emotions, but to nourish my body. So that's it for this podcast on ending emotional eating. I hope you guys found some of these uh, principles useful. Some of the tips and tricks I shared with each principle, I hope those help you. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me uh, via email. It's christopher.cupcakes1 at gmail.com. Or you can reach me on Instagram in direct message, and that's christopher.cupcakes on Instagram. I look forward to connecting with you guys in future podcasts. So again, I hope you enjoyed this. And as always, be happy, be healthy, and be well. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.